Hey, Raleigh. What's up, Nicole? We got it all wrong. I saw an educational meme on Facebook mm. that said not only are things not getting hotter, but we're actually experiencing global cooling. Ah, and you took this to heart? Super to heart. It's a meme. Oh, okay. Well, I actually have another educational meme in the form of a one-hour podcast that says that's not the case. Can we has cheeseburger? <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Global cooling, Nicole. Just off the top of your head, have you ever heard of global cooling before? Um, only when I have done research for this podcast. Ah, okay. So it hasn't crossed your desk. Uh, Not organically. Okay, gotcha. Well, global cooling is, like all these climate myths, my favorite one. I love <laughs> the concept of global cooling. It is so demonstrably wrong, and it's also got a really fun and obvious origin story oh, cool. and nighttime story whatever what's the like opposite of the and that's how he died and then you flip your tie over your shoulder and you walk off into the i have no idea what you're trying <laughs> yeah me neither um it, it's clear when it was over and then oh, okay. it kind of popped back up again we'll see all right let's get into it naomi oreskes of uh, merchants of doubt calls those zombie myths oh. i think where they die for a little while and then they come back to bother us. <laughs> you know those bothersome zombies always trying to get into your house to stay this a little is, too long. This is a debate that, look, this is not a horror movie podcast, but I'm not that scared of a zombie invasion. I'm going to be honest. Really? Yeah. If it's the fast World War Z zombies, then we've got a problem. But like Night of the Living Dead is only scary because they're trapped somewhere and they don't know what is going on with the rest of the world. But That's true. It does not make sense that once your body is pretty fucked up and decomposing, you're suddenly incredible at like running and jumping yeah. and like your athleticism shoots through the roof. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. You know what else doesn't make sense? What? Global cooling. Hell yeah. Way to pull us back. Although uh, there is a nugget of truth. So global cooling, like all great climate myths, starts with like a little bit of actual facts mm -hmm. and then ricochets into... Just fakeville. Got it. We're going to go back in time a little bit. I'd like you to please read this quote here. Circumstances affecting the heat of the sun's rays. Quote, an atmosphere of that gas, carbon dioxide, would give to our Earth a high temperature. That's right. So we're basically seeing carbon dioxide and temperature are linked. More mm -hmm. carbon dioxide, a higher temperature. Mm -hmm. This is global warming in a nutshell. When do you think that quote was from? Well, I think that guy gave his testimony in like the late... 70s, early 80s. So I'm going to say 1975. This is August 23rd, 1856. Ooh. This is Eunice Foote. Her middle name is Newton. So Eunice oh. Newton Foote, <laughs> like Olivia Newton-John, I guess, now that I'm thinking about that. Um, the 1850s. Okay? okay. The realization that carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas that traps infrared radiation or some kind of heat mm -hmm. and re-radiates it back to the area it's trapped in. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty well-understood concept as early as the 1850s. Okay, wow, even earlier than I thought. Yeah, and so now we're kind of marching forward into the future. 1938, a paper called The Artificial Production of Carbon Dioxide and Its Influence on Temperature. So mm -hmm. this is another notch in the belt of carbon dioxide leading to global warming. This is published by a scientist named Guy Callender. <laughs> 
that that sounds like he was in a inquisition uh-huh. and he had something to hide and they were like what's your name me i'm <laughs> i'm guy uh looks around the room calendar yeah exactly it's it's <laughs> like um pen badgley's name is a pothead who's been asked what their name is by a police officer <laughs> and he looks at the police officer's shirt and is like pen badgley <laughs> i think guy calendar to me sounds like a guy who's like oh um yeah is the party tomorrow that's right april 19th fucking guy calendar over here jesus <laughs> Yeah, so so this is uh, what I'm trying to do is establish a little bit of of history with carbon dioxide leading to mm-hmm. global warming. So we're kind of seeing this this concept that like, oh, if we happen to put a lot of CO2 into the atmosphere, it looks like it could have a pretty serious impact on the level of heat retained and the heat of the planet. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to show you a little bit of a graph here and just go ahead and read the title of the graph and what the graph kind of looks like. So the title of the graph is Global Average Temperature Compared to the Middle of the 20th Century, um, and it starts at 1880, and it goes through 2019, and it goes up. It goes from low average temperature to much higher average temperature. That's exactly right. However, if you were to chop off the graph right before 1960, Mm -hmm. so what the scientists were sort of observing in the late 1950s, what would you see? Oh, so if I if I were only to look at the graph from 1880 to 1960, it looks like it goes up for a hot second, but then it it returns back down to normal-ish levels. That's right. Yeah. So part of what global average temperatures do is they are increasing, mm-hmm. but there is not a totally uniform increase. So sometimes it spikes up in heat and gets a little cooler, and then it spikes up again and gets a little cooler again. And scientists in the 1950s and early, early 1960s do not have the benefit of knowing what it is like now. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't they didn't know that it was going to march up very, very fast heat-wise. And so they were sort of seeing a period of a little bit of cooling. Yeah. And Actually, they were seeing what they thought was a period of cooling, but really a lot of their temperature bases were in the northern hemisphere because white people be doing science in the northern hemisphere. (laughs) And so this contributed to them overrating the global average temperature by just the northern hemisphere temperature. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like the northern hemisphere's temperature was going down, but of course the globe is quite a big place. Mm -hmm. And... It looks like hind casting, we're able to see that in the southern hemisphere, temperatures were increasing, not to the extent that it totally overwhelmed the negative temperatures in the northern hemisphere, but much less of a spike in cooling. Got it. All right. So this is the scene we set ourselves in. It's been, the temperature's been going up, and then in the 1950s, appears to be going down a little bit. So climate scientists are trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the scene we're in. Now we have the late 1960s. We have Dr. Robert Charlson from the University of Washington. He's doing research on sulfate aerosols in the Mm -hmm. atmosphere and finds that if you've got sulfate aerosols in the atmosphere, it can produce a cooling effect. Ah, the birth of geoengineering. That's exactly right, Nicole. Wow. Are you looking at my paper? (laughs) I actually don't have that written down because I have it in my brain already. But are you looking in my brain? I don't have anything in my brain because my phone has turned it into Swiss cheese. But you got your phone. That's true. So as long and as you're, nothing at home, happens. I got some Swiss cheese. Holy shit. You're living the dream. Yeah. All right. So we've got some research into sulfate aerosols and, and aerosols in general. Now, mm-hmm. of course, we all know about aerosols from 
uh, the ozone layer? Sure. Yeah. I mean, where we all know about aerosols from our own little place. I. <laughs> You you phrased that as though I'm I know. supposed to have a specific answer for it. I was just wondering where you knew aerosols from. <laughs> I know them from like Hairspray. That's right. Yeah, Not that's the what, musical, but the product. I know them from Hairspray the musical. Okay. There's that long song about aerosols. You love singing it. What was it? Uh, parasols. Aerosols. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk some more about aerosols. That's exactly right. So sulfate aerosols can produce a cooling effect by reflecting the incoming radiation from the sun back out into mm-hmm. space. So the basic science behind climate change is we get our energy from the sun, the sun's rays come into the earth, mm-hmm. a certain percentage hits the earth and is absorbed. That energy is re-radiated as infrared radiation mm-hmm. and escapes back out to space. If we put greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, They do not absorb the incoming sunlight because that's in the UV visible spectrum, Mm -hmm. but they do absorb the infrared radiation, what should be outgoing energy. Mm -hmm. So we are retaining heat. It's like putting blankets around the earth. You retain your heat. Yeah. Sulfate aerosols are higher up in the atmosphere and they're able to reflect incoming sunlight. Mm -hmm. So instead of the sunlight being able to come in and strike the earth, Sulfate aerosols reflect it back before it's even absorbed. They produce a cooling effect. Got it. Greenhouse gases warm the earth. Sulfate aerosols cool the earth. Got it. Now, in the 1960s, it was not clear which one had a stronger effect. Mm -hmm. So we're putting out greenhouse gases, and we're also producing aerosols. Aerosols are also produced by volcanoes. Aerosols are also produced by desert dust. And we're also putting out methane and putting out CO2, which are greenhouse gases. So it's unclear which one is going to have a bigger effect Mm -hmm. in the 1960s. So aside from uh, Hairspray the musical, Uh what are some examples of human aerosol emissions? Great question. So we get aerosols when we burn coal. So they're really? they're pollutants. Yeah, yeah. You you get sulfate aerosols when you when you burn coal. Oh, aerosol is just a solution in the air. Yeah, is aer- that what it means? Aerosol okay. is a blanket term for suspended particulate matter in the air. Okay. The technical definition is an aerosol is a suspension of fine solid particles or liquid droplets in air or other gas. Got it. Sulfate aerosols specifically do reflect the sun's incoming radiation. There are a lot of other aerosols that reflect. There's a thing called black carbon, and that also has an impact on the sun's radiation. There's a lot of different things that can mm-hmm. be suspended. No matter how hard I try, I cannot suspend myself in the air. No yep. matter how hard I try. You know who can? Who? Freaking Chris Angel mind freak. God, that guy is a crazy magician. Yeah. Here's the thing about Chris Angel. Okay. I one time saw him put himself through a wood chipper. What? And he was fine. Well, I mean, putting yourself through a wood chipper is a good way of aerosolizing yourself. Wow, that's true. God damn, Nicole. I'm on Best fire in the biz <laughs> at sticking the landing. All right, so we've got some people researching sulfates in the atmosphere and a lot of people researching carbon dioxide and sort of the classic global warming greenhouse gases. Where are yeah. we in the timeline right now? And this is about the ni- late 1960s, early 1970s. Okay. So some papers are coming out that are like, Uh, Maybe we'll have global cooling because of all this aerosol we're putting into the atmosphere. And the news cycle just jumps on it. They're like, we got to crank out stories. People need to read Time Magazine. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves Time Magazine. (laughs) How did Time Magazine get popular? I really don't know. Waiting rooms? Uh, That's probably it. It's Time Magazine and highlights. 
I want Time Magazine to have the opposite cover can be like the front cover, but a little fucked up. And it's like, what's different? <laughs> That's what I would like from Time Magazine. I didn't get that from Time Magazine. I got a different thing. In 1974, we got an article called Another Ice Age? Question mark? And I'd like you to read this quote here. As they review the bizarre and unpredictable weather pattern of the past several years, a growing number of scientists are beginning to suspect that many seemingly contradictory meteorological fluctuations are actually part of a global climatic upheaval. However widely the weather varies from place to place and time to time, when meteorologists take an average of temperatures around the globe, they find that the atmosphere has been growing gradually cooler for the past three decades. The trend shows no indication of reversing. Thank you so much. So this is um, just a snippet of this article from Time magazine. It goes on to cast doubt on the sentence it just said, but it said the sentence. Mm -hmm. I just would like to call your attention back to this part a growing number of scientists mm -hmm. are beginning <laughs> to suspect, okay? A growing number of scientists from zero to like three okay. are beginning to suspect. So like <laughs> what the, the sentence that like is supposed to be kind of a smoking gun is just littered with qualifications. And, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's Time Magazine puts this article out. They didn't have a sense that it might cause some friction uh -huh. in modern society. A guy tried to get out by five that day. He <laughs> jotted down some shit that he saw in like a popular science and got out of there. Mm -hmm. That I think was how this article came to pass. Now, similarly, we get a, we get stories in Newsweek in 1975. We get stories in a lot of local newspapers. It's just kind of a fun topic to write about. Mm -hmm. it, even in the 70s, it was important to like have a catchy title, and then you could say whatever the fuck you wanted because people <laughs> would like read the whole article. Sure, and be even like, if they're not clicking on it, they're flipping through the index of the magazine. You that's know? right. They need a little buzzy thing to put on the cover so that you buy the magazine at the airport or wherever. Yeah. Name one other place people bought magazines in the 70s. A magazine store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> magazines are us. Yeah. Do you have a uh, last month's Newsweek? <laughs> nah. <laughs> now, because I love clips, I got a little clip for you from 1978. It features Leonard Nimoy. He was on a show called In Search Of. He was mm -hmm. the narrator of this show. And... Basically, I think they had Leonard Nimoy and they're like, what can we get Leonard Nimoy to do a bunch of different versions of? Let's write a show called In Search of Blank and then we'll just fill in the blank with whatever we want. He'll narrate it. We can get three seasons out of it easy. Great. And so this is In Search of the Coming Ice Age. In 1977, the worst winter in a century struck the United States. Arctic cold gripped the Midwest for weeks on end. Great blizzards paralyzed cities of the Northeast. One desperate night in Buffalo, eight people froze to death in marooned cars. The brutal Buffalo winter might become common all over the United States. Climate experts believe the next ice age is on its way. According to recent evidence, it could come sooner than anyone had expected. Weather stations in the far north, temperatures have been dropping for 30 years. Sea coasts long free of summer ice are now blocked year round. According to some climatologists, within a lifetime, 
we might be living in the next ice age. What a soundtrack. Yeah. First of all, fucking sound mix guy out of the office that day. (laughs) (laughs) They got a backup guy. And he lobbed it in and did not nail yeah, it. Yeah, did did not want to be able to hear Leonard Nimoy too well. You he think, wanted you to work for it. Do you think his girlfriend had a crush on Leonard Nimoy at the time? <laughs> and he was just like, fucking spuck-ass motherfuckers. <laughs> in any case, this is, this is the sort of thing we're seeing. This kind of sensationalized piece is in the news. Uh-huh. And so people are watching popular programs like in search of blank and they're getting a guy that everyone thinks is like a perfectly rational nebulon what's what is it vulcan vulcan Vulcan. i knew it wasn't nebulon okay that's why i said it kind of funny i knew it wasn't nebulon (laughs) it was vulcan the whole time And that's the end of the preview. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear the whole episode, head on over to our Patreon page where we got the whole thing ad-free. Now, do not worry. We got a bunch of episodes right here for free. But if you want to support the show and hear us cracking wise about other people's mamas, the Patreon page is the place to do it. I hope to see you there. But obviously, you know, you do you. Bye.